0: Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanny.
3: This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth
2: T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG.
1: Welcome back to The Scoop. Now, we've got the first episode from the WBBL Village, and although the Sydney weather burnt us a little bit over the weekend with five of eight matches washed out, we still have a really exciting show for you all today, don't we, LJ?
2: We sure do. The Brisbane Heat were one of the few lucky teams to get a win locked away on the weekend. And so we'll be joined by Heat Captain Jess Jonathan, who's going to share with us her first impressions of village life as well.
1: And of course, we've got Kristen Beams back on deck to dissect the weekend's action. How has Grace Harris evolved? What happened to the hurricanes? And can the Scorchers live up to their high expectations? So let's get stuck in. Now, it was a pretty rainy and cold two days of cricket in Sydney to open up the WBBL, but it was still great to have it back on our screens and there were still plenty of great moments. LJ, what was your favourite from the two days action? I
2: have to say I absolutely loved seeing Grace Harris bombing them at North Sydney Oval. She was getting talked up massively leading into the opening weekend and she delivered straight
1: away. What about you, Em? I love how every year at the WBBL we seem to have a new young gun emerge, so a new fresh face. Maybe last year it was Phoebe Litchfield, but perhaps this year it could be 17-year-old Darcy Brown who was absolutely steaming in against the Hurricanes, which was super exciting to watch. And it makes sense that she's this week's Rebel Young Gun nomination. Now, we don't want to harp on about the rain too much, but it did ruin five of eight matches this weekend. LJ, you did some digging and found a pretty telling stat Yep and that was that over the first five seasons of the WBBL
2: there were a total of five abandoned matches. This weekend we matched that in one weekend which is a pretty unfortunate way to start the tournament Um, but I think this is pretty extraordinary weather even for Sydney so hopefully the weather clears up and we get some nice weather for the remainder of the tournament.
1: Yeah, hopefully we can get the whole WBBL village doing some reverse rain dancing and the Sydney <laughs> weather gods can can listen to us. Um, so there was a heap of chat about the Scorchers leading into this tournament and we were all gearing up for a, an intense clash with the heat, so with Beth Mooney taking on her old teammates, but... It was actually the Heat who have somehow been coined the underdogs leading into this tournament, despite them gutting for a three-peat, but they came away with a, a pretty pretty solid win. Yeah, they did. And
2: Devine and Mooney definitely started off in a pretty ominous fashion with, a I think, a 55-run opening partnership, which was good signs. But once they were removed, you kind of got the sense the scorches, just left a few runs out there. and. Grace Harris and Georgia Redmayne did exactly what they needed to do to make sure the Heat's
1: title defence started in style. Mm, maybe they won't be the underdogs after all. And as we mentioned earlier, 17-year-old Darcy Brown was a shining light for last year's finalists, So, and it was the strikers who also started off with a win against the Hurricanes. Another one that was very impressive was Laura Wolvart, the young South African who was very impressive on debut for the Strikers, putting together a very nice 50 to start the tournament and, yeah, she's always good fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I was really excited to see her after her couple of knocks during the T20 World Cup earlier this year and she picked up exactly where she left off with another unbeaten 50. Uh, But the Strikers, after thrashing the Hurricanes in that opening game, didn't get so lucky in their next match on Monday, which was limited to just 15 overs in the end with the rain, and they fell just short to the Sixers in a bit of a, a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster. So, a, a 9 6 match at North Sydney Oval. But despite that, there was something very familiar about seeing Elise Perry and Elisa Healy walking out together in magenta, to opening the batting, and Elise Perry back playing elite cricket, hitting the winning runs for the Sixers. Now, we are thrilled to be here with Brisbane Heat captain Jess Johnson, who's very kindly joined us for a chat from the WBBL village. Firstly, JJ, talk us through your first impressions of life in the village. How are you finding it so far? Uh,
3: Yeah, to be honest, it was very overwhelming to begin with um, because I came down a few days before the rest of my teammates. So um, coming in here on your own was (laughs) very daunting at first, but it wasn't what I expected. It sort of... um, it was probably better in a way that you sort of walk in and everybody is everywhere and you sort of just feel like all these eyes are on you. And I just had to just go and put my bags in my room and just take a moment. And then I think it took me a few days to find my bearings and figure out where everything was. But yeah, now that everyone's in here, it's definitely got a really good vibe about it. And what's the energy like on the heat floor? You guys have got a bit of Finsker set up and some puzzles? (laughs) Yeah, we've pretty much made it our own. We've got um, a fair few of our um, team values and and stuff sort of posted up along the hallway. And um, we've got a bit of hooky set up. We've got some puzzles. We we managed to – I think DK managed to sweet talk someone at the hotel to um, help bring a a glass table up because there was a table we had on our level that couldn't fit the puzzles. So – Yeah, it's really cool sort of when you walk out of your room and you see half the team down there trying to to solve a puzzle. So, yeah, everyone's definitely excited to be down here and playing cricket again. I had wondered who the puzzle belonged
2: to, (laughs) but it makes sense that it was DK.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, she she has a habit of, uh, I guess, getting bored very easily. So um, for her, yeah, I think she bought some Tess Cooper and Grace and Georgia. So there's a fair few floating around, but I'm sure they'll probably solve them in no time. And how have you been managing to switch off? We heard you and Amelia Kerr might have been on the guitars a bit. (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of um, obviously taking on the captaincy role this year. There's a lot of extra time that I sort of have to dedicate to cricket or to planning and whatnot. So um, it's sort of, yeah, taken me a little bit over these last few days just to figure out how much time to sort of dedicate to that and then when to sort of switch off. But yeah, thankfully i got Mealy and um, Scotty Presswich, they play guitar. So been playing and singing along a little bit with Mealy, which has been really cool that um, we sort of keep the the door a little bit ajar so some of the girls would walk past and hear it and then just pop their head in and have a sing song and then they'd go on their way. So, no, that, that's really helping sort of, I guess, switch off and um, sort of still be in and around and involved with everyone but, um, yeah, just relaxing at the same time. And I know you were studying earlier this year. Are you still doing any of that? No, not doing it at the moment. I sort of I was contemplating it sort of during the, the COVID lockdown sort of period, but um, by the time I decided it was a good idea to do something, it was a little bit too late to enrol. But at the same time, I sort of wanted to wait and see how much extra sort of time was needed to dedicate towards the captaincy side. And I didn't want to really sort of overcommit Um, I really wanted to sort of make sure I, I gave all of my attention to whatever it was
1: I was doing and then equally leave some time for just me as well. And we've noticed that here in the village, there's Fox cricket on the TVs about 90% of the time. Are you the sort of person that gets home from a day of cricket and wants to keep watching? Like how much of a nuffy are you, or do you want to just not look at it and switch off?
3: Um, (laughs) yeah, when cricket's on, I'll generally watch it. Um, so much to my partner's, uh, disappointment sometimes, but, um, no, in, in saying that, I think I've got a pretty good understanding on if I'm getting a bit sick of cricket, even if it's on TV, I might just switch off from it for a while, but, um, like I mean there's a lot of good Netflix shows going around at the moment and um, playing my guitar really helps sort of switch off as well but yeah I've sort of I've enjoyed when there's been a few um, earlier IPL games I sort of watched a little bit of that I mean 1am's a a little bit too late for me so um, watching
1: the first innings of a 9pm game's um, pretty cool some days. You're nice. And there are obviously about 150 WBBL players all living under the same roof here. Is it weird for you guys to always be running into each other at dinner or are you all sort of close enough and good friends enough that it's sort of just business as usual and you can all just sit down for dinner? I mean it's super
3: weird some days. <laughs> I remember when I walked in and I was like, Half the people i didn 't even recognize I was like, "Am I actually getting this old but um yeah it's sort of it's really cool though I think um to see how everyone sort of interacts like it's so often that you're always coming up against each other and you always see them as the enemy or whatnot but um Particularly, I guess, with a lot of the international players from all the other franchises as well. That it's really cool to see how they interact. Like we got um, Nadine de Klerk with us, and seeing how she just hangs out with her South African girls as well. And um, it's really nice to see how they all interact and get around each other. Also, um, but yeah, there's so many unfamiliar faces that um, all these young pups coming through. But it's really cool. It's really exciting for them as well to sort of be in and around all these um, world-class players from all those other countries as well.
2: And when you arrive you get handed a, a handbook and a guide to the hub and it all seems a little bit overwhelming and daunting but practically how's how are you finding it all? With oh, that?
3: it's it's extremely easy. I mean like we've got so, we got so much information sort of leading in and um, it's somehow managed to just be put in about an eight-page handbook. Um, so and I mean I, I told our girls and we've sort of um, – got the approach that if you aren't sure of anything, take the conservative approach that um, particularly when there's, I mean, you're, you're dealing with a pandemic, it's um, some pretty serious stuff. So you just want to make sure you do the right things and um, keep all the right people happy. But um, yeah, it's, it's all pretty sort of self-explanatory and um, a lot of the girls are sort of enjoying it at the moment, I think. Um, it'll be very interesting to see where everyone's at sort of halfway through and if everyone's sort of getting sick of each other. But, um, no, nah, at the moment it's sort of there's a really good balance. And we've seen it's been decked out
2: really well with all the ping pong, basketball and the golf simulator, which um,
3: sadly disappeared for a few days. <sighs> uh-huh. <laughs> Can you tell yes. us what happened? Yes, yes. I have to blame. We, we have to blame Grace Harris for that. Um, <laughs> to be fair, though, it wasn't. Necessarily her fault. We don't, well, I don't know the story, but she was there with her sister, Laura, and one of the other girls, um, Megan Dixon. And um, somehow, when Grace hit a shot, it's hit something within the netting area and has flung back and got her just under the eye. And um, I think Laura said that lucky she didn't hit it so well because it it didn't come back very hard. And Grace is like, well, try telling my cheekbone that. Like, (laughs) She's got a really good shiner going on and uh, there's a few fake stories going around um, <laughs> coming out of Grace's mouth about whether well, it was her sister that punched her or something went on. So, But yeah, she, she made a few enemies, I think, with closing down that golf simulator for a few days, but it's back up and running now and I think it might be um, a matter of Grace getting banned from it um, for the near future.
2: We did just see it was back open just before and um, lo and behold, within two minutes, Grace wandered
3: in. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I've seen her other eye and she's so far so good. So hopefully it stays that way. (laughs) I know, you need like a banned list, like red names or (laughs) three strike policy and you're out.
2: (laughs) And you guys were one of the very lucky teams who actually got a game away on Sunday. How important was it to get, a um, win to start the season.
3: Oh, it was vital. I think um the fact that we came up against the next teammate in Beth Mooney as well, that um then you sort of had the all the media attention in and around the Scorchers signings over the off season and um a lot of people have sort of written the heat off, which um is actually really good from our point of view that we we sort of go have that little bit of an underdog tag even though we sort of won last year that um, And that's something that we sort of pride ourselves on that we don't really rely on one or two big name players that we sort of try and back our whole team and our whole squad and um, for us to come away with that win and I I guess get those two leading run scorers from last year out Sort of before they inflicted too much damage, I think that was really, really good from our point of view and a really good confidence booster. And I mean, it was really tricky and tough conditions, but um, yeah, really proud of how the girls approached it. And obviously, Grace Harris had a bit of a day out with the bat and um, sort of showed um, a little glimpse of all the hard work that she's put in sort of in the off season. And um, I'm, yeah, tipping her to have a really, really massive big bash.
1: So you mentioned Grace Harris. Like it seems like there's been a bit of an evolution. Like she's obviously still a larrikin, like we hear it on the mic. <laughs> but do you think we're witnessing a more mature side of Grace and has she added another sort of layer to her batting?
3: Yeah, I think she's just really thriving off having that extra responsibility um, and she's sort of just her mental approach to the game, I think. She's applying herself a lot more um, and a lot more consistently, I guess, that um, everybody around the world and around this competition sort of know that the power that she possesses, but um, it's sort of, it was the consistency for her that um, probably let herself down more than, more than anything. And um, from her own admission, she had a quiet big bash last year, but I think a lot of circumstances have changed and um, I guess she's really thriving off that. And um, she works really closely with, with Noffers as well, with our coach and um, really really, takes on board and really trusts his processes and um, that's really, I guess, shining through now. And as a captain and um, a teammate as well, it's sort of really pleasing to see the evolution of her and hopefully she can, um, yeah, continue to put those awesome performances out there.
1: Yeah, it's definitely exciting for the competition. And JJ, it's your first year captaining the Heat in pretty unique circumstances. What's been your message to the girls in the lead up to this tournament and throughout?
3: Uh, Well, I guess for us, it's all about adaptability. Um, We sort of called for for that with everybody sort of right back at the the start of the preseason that um, training times will be changed, schedules will be changed. Um, You can plan as much as you you need to, but they can always change. So I think for us, it was like trying to, to take on and take into account every possible situation that we could face or possible difficulty and just coming up with a, a plan um, in and around that and then it just comes to it that on the fly, um, you just got to adapt and so far the girls have been exceptional with that and I mean, it's, it's always nice to have some structure but you need some flexibility within that structure as well and um, everyone's really getting around one another and um, sort of approaching that from that adaptability point of view. And as you mentioned, there was a lot of talk about Beth Mooney and
2: Sammy Joe Johnson moving on. Was it satisfying to go out and and prove those doubters wrong that you can get the job done without them?
3: Yeah, I mean it's always satisfying when um, you you hear the noise and the talk that um, people write you off and they they don't think you can do it without um, certain players. And um, we've always sort of, well, from my point of view, I've always sort of encouraged and approached it from the point of view that it just provides other opportunities for other players and um, it's up to them whether they want to take it or not or how they sort of approach it. And um, that's how someone like Grace Harris, that's how, what she's done, that she's taken it with both hands and using that added responsibility. Or um, then we've got a, a, some really good new additions as well, like Nicola Hancock, Nadine Klerk and Courtney Sipple's getting a good run as well from um, showing some really good signs in the preseason. So we've got, the depth there, which is really exciting. And um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people sort of might look at our, our, sheet, our team on paper and um, write us off, but we know internally um, what we're capable of and the belief that we have in one another. And um, as a group that, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter who we come up against. We'll, we'll sort of believe in ourselves and back ourselves a hundred percent. And talking about that depth, we've heard quite a few whispers about a teenager
2: called Georgia Vol. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about her and, and her potential?
3: Yeah, well, from my point of view, I sort of see her as a bit of a Grace 2.0. She's, um, she's a young Grace Harris. So, um, yeah, she she hits the ball extremely well. She's a very clean striker of the ball and um, is an absolute powerhouse. And um, she's really good in the field as well and always willing to sort of throw her body around. That she almost has that no-fear mentality, which I think a lot of the young players sort of do. But, um, yeah, I'm really confident that if she gets her opportunity – um, she'll definitely showcase what she can do. Grace Harris 2.0 is a big call. Watch out. Well, yeah, watch this space. I think, <laughs> like, I mean, it's a lot to live up to, but I mean, she's. She's Grace 2.0 in the cricket sense, I okay. guess. Not, not
1: necessarily
3: the Larricanism, <laughs> oh, but um, <laughs> I think there's only one Grace Harris for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And onto yourself, you haven't had much of a chance with a bat at Aussie level. Do you see the WBBL as a chance to perhaps push your case for a promotion in that Aussie order?
3: Yeah, well, hopefully. I think um, for me I just try and stick with the processes of it, that um, if I'm scoring runs and scoring runs the way that um, is sort of effective for me and um helps I guess our Brisbane Heat side as well that um that's the main objective for me that it's sort of I'm not really wanting to go out and and prove a point that um I want about high but I sort of want to let my scores or the way I go about it sort of do that for me. And um, I mean, it's always the the goal and always the dream to hopefully bat, bat up the order. But in saying that, we've got some exceptional depth in that Aussie batting lineup that it's not going to be easy to do so. But um, if I sort of just keep staying there and thereabouts and keep knocking on the door, then um, yeah, at least then I know that I'll be ready for the opportunity when it comes.
1: How has your batting evolved over the last year or so, like, and has has Ashley Nofke had a pretty significant impact on it? Yeah, he's had an
3: incredible impact on it. Um, he's probably just helped me in a way become comfortable with the style of play that is effective for me and um, not being concerned with necessarily how it all looks, that if it's effective, then that's the main, main job, that you just need to score runs. It doesn't necessarily matter if all of them are on the offside or all of them on the leg side. It's just, well these are your strengths, so stick to them. And probably um, took me a little bit to sort of get my head around that because I was so used to thinking I needed to bat like other people um, and I just sort of lost sight of what was more, I guess, what was effective for me and um, what worked for me. So that's pretty much how I've approached it and um, tried to really simplify things and not be disheartened by by failures, I guess, or by uh, mis-execution that sort of, it's not a game of perfect and um, yeah, it's not going to come off every time, but more often than not, if you stick to what you know and what works for you, then you'll be okay.
2: It's a very good approach to have. And I think there were some fears earlier in the year that the internationals might not be able to get out here this season with the closed borders and the quarantine. You guys have got
3: some absolute crackers with Amelia Kerr, Maddie Green and Nadine Declark. What do they bring to the side? Yeah, well, obviously we had Maddie and Mealy with us last year so it was really exciting to get them to, to re-sign. Um, I mean I'm, I'm really close with both of those girls from, from last year and particularly Mealy with our guitar playing and band practice. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Both Melee and Maddie have some really good cricket brains and um, Melee being so young, um, but feels like she's a bit of a veteran of the game and um, it's really exciting to know that hopefully she can have a long career with the Brisbane Heat moving forward and um, and then, yeah, Maddie's game just continuing to evolve and um, she's she can be the potential of a real powerhouse for us at the top of the order and um, a really good outfielder as well. And obviously she bowled a little bit in the recent series, so maybe I've got another spinner up my up my sleeve that I didn't think I'd have. So um, that might come in handy on some slow and used wickets later on in the tournament. And, um, yeah, Nadine de I've I've only known her for a little while, but... We sort of all saw what she was capable of in that World Cup T20 semifinals, sort of stepping into the shoes of Marazan Cap and um, almost bowling them to victory, taking three key wickets and um, being a real competitor. And um, that's something that we're really about. That you just want people to compete and um, try their hardest in whatever situation. And she's a big ball of fun sort of off the field and she fits in really well. I think her and Grace have um, got a really good bond in terms of enjoying sleep and food and whatnot. So, um, and she's sort of a, herself self-confessed having some blonde moments. So, um, yeah, apparently that's a prerequisite for our fast bowling cartels. So, um, yeah, she's, she's enjoying it so far and, um, yeah, it was unfortunate that we couldn't get on the, the park the other day that, um, she would have, uh, gone out there and made her debut for the teal, but, um, yeah, her time will come and, and I know that she's going to have a really good impact for us.
2: I think I found it pretty incredible over the last week when you go down to dinner and you look around the room and there's like the best players in the world just everywhere. It's it's amazing. What does it bring to the competition that it attracts the best players from everywhere?
3: Well, I think like it's really well – the WBBLs are really well organised – um event and I think as well with the success of our Australian side and um I guess the professionalism that we've had sort of within Cricket Australia and within our state associations as well that um players from around the world want to experience that and I guess um I see it as a positive because then if they're coming over here into the best competition in the world and taking some of that back to their own um, countries and their own setups, that that's just going to continue to grow the game globally and help make them stronger a little bit as well. So, um, I mean, I wish we could have more over sometimes, but at the same time, I mean, it's it's really important for our domestic players to be exposed to, to those girls as well that um, – particularly when some previous years you've had some Indian girls come over as well. So it's like culturally um, you're learning a lot about them as well and vice versa. So I think it's that side of it that's probably a lot more important than the cricket side of it, that you're getting some 16-, 17-year-old girls over here that are getting exposed to things that normally they wouldn't. And um, I think that's really cool that we've got a tournament that
1: enables those sort of interactions. Absolutely is. JJ, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Scoop. We're crossing our fingers that the rain stays away for next weekend and we can play some more cricket. Yes, let's hope so. Thanks, guys. We've got former Aussie leg spinner and ABC commentator Kristen Beams joining us once again. Beamsy, it wasn't the best start to the season with five washouts, but Aside from Sydney's weather, what did you make of the opening weekend? Any favourite moments for you?
0: Oh, I had, I had lots of favourite moments and it wasn't the rain. That definitely wasn't my favourite moment of the weekend. And it's a tough start for teams to, to have games where you're not sure whether you're going to get on or off and washouts and good starts and and the rest. But, you know, I think there were some really special moments. I think Megan shoots um, opening over against the Hurricanes. I think that was just world-class bowling I loved Stella Campbell's first ball bouncer. And I really enjoyed the little start to the tournament from uh, Mooney and Divine. I thought they, they started to really click there and it was really nice. But it was probably was the Grace Harris show. Um, I think that innings probably was what everyone was hoping for. Um, and it really set them up um, to go back to back.
2: Certainly was exciting. And before we get stuck into the cricket, we saw players come together and take in a number of initiatives this weekend to stand against racism. Does it give you a sense of pride knowing players have taken it upon themselves to use their platforms to stand up for what they believe in?
0: Yeah, I think it's massive. And I think it's it's just really been really well supported by everything. And I think everyone and I think when it means so much to so many people, I think you can really sense that and I think from everything that I saw and everything I've, I've read so far, it, it just goes to show that players are really happy to stand up for what they believe in and I think that's that's really important and it's not necessarily always been the case. Um, so that was something that I think that the players can be really proud of and something that they can continue to do through this tournament.
1: Well said. And the Hurricanes, they got off to a bit of a rough start to this tournament, bowled out for 84 by the Strikers who ended up winning by eight wickets. Where, where do you think the Hurricanes went wrong in their opening match?
0: Yeah, it just looked like they didn't click and we talked about previously about how important it is for teams to sort of really gel, especially if they've had change and I think unfortunately for the Hurricanes, they've had a lot of change and it just didn't quite click. I mean, you can't take anything away from Megan Chute to, to knock over two international players in two balls um, is always going to set up um, your innings, I think, but I think we just didn't see them get going. I think we saw some glimpses of what Corinne Hall can do. I think she has to play that sort of anchoring role in the middle. Uh, we saw little glimpses of that, but I, I think it's going to be all about those international players stepping up and um, they just didn't
2: quite get the job done for the Hurricanes. And I think when you, you lose a game like that, you probably want to come back and make a statement pretty quickly, which they unfortunately didn't get a chance to do with a washout. What do they need to do from here to bounce back quickly?
0: I think it's just about resetting. I, I agree. I, I think they'll... Hopefully, not spend too much time during the week thinking about that game, and that's unfortunately what can happen if you you don't get on the next day. I think it's it's nearly about resetting and saying let's actually just start the tournament again. Um, you've just got to wipe that that sort of game out of your memory, I think, and and train well during the week. And there's been a lot of rain around. I think there's probably a, a lot of batters and bowlers probably just looking to to actually hit a few balls and and get back out there and and feel like they're they're in a good place. So I think it's just about. I'd be doing as much groove hitting and, and whatever I needed to do as a player during the week to make sure I was ready to go. But I think you've just got to reset, start again, start your tournament again. Um, and, I, and I think they, they can be well placed in
1: in this tournament if they do that. We saw Nicola Carey undone by a ripper from young Darcy Brown. She was in your young at 11 for cricket.com.au and is sure to have a whole heap of new fans after we all saw her steaming in. What can you tell us about young Darcy Brown?
0: Oh, isn't she amazing? And she made me look really good. So thanks, Darcy, <laughs> for that. But, you know, I think her, she comes in and bowls quick. And I think we've been waiting for for these players to, to sort of come in and, um, you know, Stella Campbell's another one. And, and seeing young pace bowlers come in and actually want to bowl fast and bowl in the power play is so, so good for, the, for this tournament. But she's the most lovely kid you'll ever meet. But she runs in and bowls fast and she gets some nice shape on the ball. And I think she's just a really great, um, partnership bowler with, with Megan Shute because we know how good Megan Shute can be but all of a sudden Darcy Brown comes and she can she can bring the pace so it becomes really difficult for batters to, to go up against those two girls in the, bow, in the power play so I was really impressed with Darcy Brown and I think she'll get better and better the more confidence she gets um, in this tournament
2: Now a game we, we really talked up last week was the reigning champions against the New York Perth Scorchers and the heat came out on top were you surprised by that?
0: Uh, no, I wasn't. I think um, I think we talked about the Brisbane Heat middle order and probably both middle orders, um, to be honest. But I think for the Brisbane Heat, when you lose someone like Beth Mooney, who's made so many runs, we said, well, it's got to be about this middle order making runs. And I, they did that. And and Grace Harris was so, so good. And I think I really liked the way they, they went about it. I thought their batting lineup looked really good. But I think the contributions by Jonathan and Harris in the middle were really, really good. And I think from a scorcher's point of view, if they were going to win that game, that partnership between Divine and Mooney needed to go a little bit longer. It was 55 off 49. I think if that had gone to sort of into the 12th, 13th, 14th over, I think it would have been a, a much bigger total. And that might have been more difficult for the, the Heat to chase. But nothing surprises me with the Heat. I, I really like the way they go about their cricket and they play with no fear in that middle order. And that's going to be dangerous no matter what the, the total set is.
1: You mentioned Grace Harris' contribution in the middle order. Now, she was still her Larry himself on the mic and in the media afterwards. But do you think we saw a more mature Grace at the crease?
0: Yeah, I think she, we're seeing her play more cricket shots and, and just hanging in there for longer. Um, I think when teams talk about someone like a Grace Harris, they sort of talk about, well, you know, we've just got to have pressure for as long as we can and, and hopefully she'll play a bad shot. And, and I think that's probably been the case previously. Um, we know how damaging she can be but it's about bowlers group saying well let's just hang in there I think they did hang in there the scorchers I think she just played some excellent cricket shots Um, and it's scary to think what she can do in the rest of this tournament
2: and you played alongside grace in the Aussie team a few years back it's obviously a side that's currently stacked with spin bowling all-rounders what do you think grace needs to do or what point of difference does she need if she wants to get back into that team
0: well she can't she's not doing a lot wrong is she I I think for her it's just going to be you know where she can fit into their batting lineup because I think what she can do uh, from hitting power is is very very good so it'd be interesting as to the conversation that the Australian selectors are saying if she comes in where would she fit in into that batting lineup but You know, I think it's just about making sure that if from a runs point of view, she keeps doing what she's doing. But if all of a sudden she can take some wickets and we've said we saw her sort of bowling in the power play as well. So if she can continue to bowl in the power play and bowl in three phases of the game. It's going to be pretty hard for the selectors to say, well, we can't find space for you in this team. So um, she's probably putting a lot of people under pressure um, in that Aussie setup just by doing what she's doing.
1: Now onto your Melbourne stars who unfortunately haven't managed to get a result yet, but great signs from Meg landing out in the middle. She's just churning runs out for fun at the moment.
0: Yeah, one hit 150. That's our Meg rolls. So um, yeah, it's just really nice to see her back in the colours. And I think it was a, a nice start by the stars. Um, I thought Duprea was excellent. Um, and I think she sort of picked up where she's left off and then a little contribution there in the in the middle order by Annabelle Sutherland as well. And it's really good signs um, to think that some of the, that Valani missed out. Um, so did Seva. is if they can sort of get that top order going, they're going to post some, some really big totals. Um, but again, it was about the renegade spinners. I thought they were, they were very good. All with economies in the sixes, it's it's going to make it pretty difficult for batting teams
2: coming up against them. And looking ahead, perhaps the, the game next weekend could be the stars versus the sixes. Um, the stars are, are yet to get a result. Six has got that crazy roller coaster win in the rain yesterday. Who do you think might come out on top in that contest?
0: Well, it's, it's going to be a real powerhouse uh, tussle that one. I think the and the thing about the Sixes is they just know how to win, and and that's what they were able to do yesterday. I mean, you're not never going to hear me back the Sixes, unfortunately, against the Stars. I'm always going to have to go with the Stars, but I think it'll be a great contest. And It'll just be the battle of the big name players, I think, in in that contest. And I think that'll be a really enjoyable game to watch. And, you know, Elisa Healy at the top of the order for the Sixers is very, very good. Um, So seeing how
1: the Stars bowlers come up against her will probably be the difference in that game. Certainly an exciting prospect. Well, thank you for joining us, Beamsy, And I'm sure you'll join us in crossing your fingers that there's no more rain in Sydney.
0: (laughs) I definitely will.
1: Thank you, as always, for joining us on this week's episode of The Scoop, the first from the WBBL Village. Now we've got plenty to look forward to in the next weekend, don't we, LJ?
2: We definitely do. We have the first triple header of the season, three big games on Saturday at Showground Stadium. Tune in to those on Channel 7. We've also got action across the weekend at Dremoyne Oval. And all that will be live streamed free on cricket.com.
1: app and website, or you can tune in on KO. And in the meantime, make sure you keep doing your reverse rain dances. Fingers crossed that the rain stays away. And keep up with the latest news on cricket.com.au and social media via cricket.com.au channels and the WBBL.
0: Away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy
3: the stroke play of Meg Lanny. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Johnson strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The
2: Australian women's cricket team win their 20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG.